It's time now to cross to the Netherlands and catch up with our Europe correspondent, former top flight Dutch footballer, and now one of the best sports analysts in the world, working with Feyenoord Rotterdam in the Dutch Premier League. Chelsea Disseldorp, welcome to the show. It's great to be back in the show. Ah, it's fantastic to have you on. Now, it would be remiss of me not to mention, I know uh, football is your main sport, but of course the Netherlands have a cricket team. And currently the 2020 Cricket World Cup is uh, happening, the Men's World Cup. Now, the Netherlands, actually, they were in the group stage. They didn't make it out of the group stage. Uh, They played three matches and uh, unfortunately uh, did not uh, register a win. But they did have some tough competition up against the likes of Sri Lanka, who are a very, you know, traditional cricket nation. Um, But Chelsea, I have to tell you, I used to play cricket with a man called Dirk Nannis. Very tall, very lean, left arm fast bowler, like lightning fast. And in 2009, you wouldn't believe this, he played for two countries. He played for both Australia and the Netherlands. He played for both the teams in the one year. Wow. Uh, amazing. Um, but yes, yeah. he was uh, uh, you know, from the Netherlands, then came to Australia and played cricket and was just an absolute amazing talent. He's a commentator now in Australia. But uh, Chelsea, what about you? Just before we get into the serious stuff, did you ever play cricket? Do you like cricket? Is it becoming more popular in the Netherlands or not really? Um, not really. <laughs> I haven't really played it or watched it. Maybe uh, at high school during like the... Yeah, uh, the physical lessons we yeah. played it a couple of times um, <laughs> yeah. and yeah to be honest i wasn't aware of the world cup and that we qualified for it yeah. but, but that's a good step at least we yeah, we qualified for for it and we played some matches and it's, it's good to hear that they uh yeah getting better and yeah. i know it's a very popular sports uh, uh over there in australia yeah that they are very good in it <laughs> yeah here in the netherlands it's, it's not that popular well, what would be, after football, what would be your second most popular sport? Um, whew, it's quite a tough question. Yeah. I think ice skating is very popular over here. Yeah. Because that's more the, the winter sport. And nice. we are doing uh, very good uh, at the um, Winter Olympics yeah. every four years. Totally. Um, but I think that's not something uh, yeah, you are doing in Australia. Well, yeah. it's more like European, Asian, and American sports. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Well, do you remember, speaking of, because, um, of course, yeah, such a good um, winter Olympics nation is the Netherlands. But, uh, I mean, you would obviously, you would remember Peter van den Hoogenband, you know, the flying Dutchman, the swimmer. He was an absolute, yeah. he was a ripper, eh? Three-time uh, gold medalist, uh, you know, in the summer games, obviously in the pool. He was a bloody star. Do you remember him growing up? You remember him? Yeah, mm. I do. Yeah, I watched him a lot on television. Mm. Yeah, we have a lot of very good yeah, athletes in different sports. And mm. yeah, hockey, field hockey is also a, That's true. Yeah. a sport that many kids and uh, adults are doing. Mm. Yeah, there are so many sports uh, you can play, actually. Yeah. Oh, that's it. That's the thing these days. It's variety is the spice of life. Okay. Now, from a now final Rotterdam, your team... Doing good. In the women's, you're second with a game in hand. In the men's, you're fourth with a game in hand. So your season's shaping up good. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, let's go on like that. Well, the season kind of just started. So, mm. 
long time to go, but yeah, things are going great. Well, obviously you're doing a good job. So tell us about what what are you finding? What what are, what are some of the trends? I know uh, through COVID, like from what you've been describing. There's been a lot of opportunities taken by organisations like yours, Feyenoord Rotterdam, and, and throughout the Netherlands and in European sport. Uh, through the toughness of COVID, there has been opportunity. Yeah, and yeah, unfortunately, it's still a hot topic, uh, COVID, um, around the world. Mm. And yeah, if you talk about it and, and look at what's happened last year, uh, uh, yeah, in first, it has quite a like a negative financial impact on the sports sector in general, because uh, a lot of matches uh, has been played behind uh, like closed doors or mm. haven't even played. So I think yeah, in the beginning, it was mainly about the yeah, negative side of COVID mm. and the financial effects. But it has also been like an accelerator of some innovations. And then mainly looking at the side of um, like, returning back um, returning fans back to the stadiums yeah so i think that's that's in general if you look at the sports sector yeah organizations clubs has to think about how can we create a safe environment so fans uh, really want to go back to the to the stadium and mm. um, so that yeah, was important to make sure there was less physical contact and less contact with some objects um, less cues mm. and that kind of things so if you have to pick some innovations, you can think about uh, using face recognition to enter stadiums. Yeah. Uh, on one hand, it, it's, it's creating uh, less contact because you don't have to uh, scan a ticket. You can just uh, scan the face. Yeah. But yeah, with, with the, maybe with the mouse mask and the face mask on, yeah. it, it yeah, will, won't work that good uh, if, that, if that's still uh, allowed to, to wear. Yeah. Um, but if, if you don't wear your mask, um, yeah, and your face is recognized, and uh, you can enter stadium like that. And, yeah. Yeah, more, more clubs are uh, experiencing with that to oh. see uh, if that's working, and and and, and to make sure uh, it's it's all uh, um, like privacy proof. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's that's the part about like entering the stadium, uh, working with time slots as well. So yeah, you're entering the stadium in a in a safe way, mm-hmm. um, and then even. If you look further around being in a stadium, mm. and if you look at the like the food and beverage, um, you can yeah you can go to the to the stand to to get it, but then there might be a queue. Mm. So you can also sit on your seat and and order it by your phone. And I think that's also uh, something clubs are uh, looking into. Interesting. Um, and and maybe using like QR codes to 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 scan the menu and and and, and uh, enter your order. Yeah. So a lot of things are happening, I think, in, in general in the sports sector. Um, yeah, if you look at stadium visits and yeah, I think these like three things I mentioned um, were already um, there like years ago, but very, like like people knew about it and yeah. they might um, yeah were planning to to introduce it to 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 do some pilots or like some experience, hmm. but then. Um, with COVID here, and we all have to live with, with it still. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the need was there even more to to make sure the the fans are feeling safe by entering the stadium and, and sitting on their seats. Totally, and I think you make such a great point that uh, that COVID has really been a, a catalyst for acceleration of pre existing ideas and theories now being implemented more readily. Um. So, are you finding that? 
it's quite common now in the Dutch Premier League that you will basically walk in. Uh, it's a face recognition, uh, you know, platform. Then that will allow you entry. Is it becoming like, for example, what you are doing at Feyenoord Rotterdam? Is this sort of implementation increasing? No, it's not that common yet here in the in the Dutch Premier League. Uh, I think a few clubs are experimenting with it. Mm. Um, here at Fenerbahce, currently not yet. Um, but I know some other clubs that have had uh, some pilots. Yeah. Um, and I do think in like yeah some other country, countries, maybe um, the English Premier League, um, which are also very uh, innovative clubs over there. Um, oh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure um, there are clubs yeah, using it or planning to use it soon. And maybe not um, already for like every fan, like the whole stadium. Mm. It may be a small sector, for example, the, the business sector and with other sponsors. Um, so I, I do think it's not common use yet, but it's, it's also not that easy to use it. Yeah. But there are some pilots going on uh, at certain clubs. Yeah. And, and Chelsea, are you finding that the average uh, football fan in the Netherlands is keen to get back to w- watching their, their favourite team in person? Or is there still some hesitancy where people are like, oh, I don't know if I really want to go into a, a crowded situation? Like, how, how how's the mindset? I think in general, they are very keen to, uh, yeah. to go back to the stadium. If you look at... Uh, the last matches and also the, the coming matches here at Feyenoord Rotterdam, the, the stadium is sold out. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's full. Mm. And then, yeah, they are really happy uh, to go back to the stadium. Um, and of course, there there might be a group that is a little bit uh, yeah, feeling un- uncertain if it's it's safe enough. But, mm. yeah, looking at the figures and, and uh, the especially the, the sale figures of, of the... Uh, of the tickets, um, yeah. Since it's, since the yeah, the last matches all sold out here, mm. um, yeah, I, I'm I'm sure they're really happy. They can go back to the stadium and they can they can cheer and watch their favorite team and players uh, live. Totally. So hopefully um, this is something that that's getting back in other countries as well. So if you look at Europe, there are some restrictions in certain countries uh, still, mm. like maybe even uh, only using half of the cap- capacity or. Yeah. Um, taking the distance of one meter or one meter and a half into account. Mm. Um, currently here in the Netherlands, uh, yeah, we are already back to full capacity for, I think, around a month now. Um, and it, it's going good. They are, um, yeah, they, they are investigating if, if something is happening, uh, but there are no, no interesting or, or negative insights yet. Um, and, and you have you you have to uh, um, have your your QR code as well, so your yeah. vaccination uh, proof or your uh, your test yeah. um, or your proof that you have uh, had COVID. Okay. And so there's still some restrictions to go to the stadium, yeah. but also to make sure it's it's going in a in a safe way. I see. And so hopefully the rest of the world, uh, uh, yeah, is also uh, opening the the full capacity of the stadiums uh, soon. Yeah. Definitely. Well, that's really good to know, like from what you've said there, that in the last month or so, there haven't, you know, been any sort of, you know, incidents of a major outbreak or, or bad situations happening. Because I, I think, you know, the Netherlands is a is a nice comparison with Australia in many sense in terms of the fact your vaccination rate is in that sort of 80%, 85% in that vicinity. And in Australia, you know, if we're in that 85, 90%, 
they're looking at, you know, for the cricket. There's a really big cricket match that starts the day after Christmas here called the Boxing Day Test. And they're looking at having 80,000 people at the MCG in Melbourne, our big arena in Melbourne, um, 80,000 people. And so that's good to know that from what you're describing, at least in the Netherlands, where you've got a high vaccination rate, people can go. Go enjoy the sport and, you know, there's no bad consequences. So fingers crossed. I mean, that's a really good indicator. So God willing, that will happen in Australia as well. Uh, just just before we go, Chelsea, I wanted to ask, like, in pre- last year when there was even a bigger impact of COVID on the ability for the Dutch Premier League to, to run, um, were there things that you at, at Feyenoord, what you guys did in your team, where you were able to capture fans remotely, like, you know, through creating perhaps more digital content, uh, being able to, you know, the fans could not come and see you, but you could go to the fans in different ways. Are there anything you learnt through that experience which you're keeping for this season? Or Yeah, the, the media and marketing team over here um, yeah, worked pretty hard uh, related to that, to, mm-hmm. uh, to create personalised content. So, yeah, to... To scope the content for different um, group of fans. Yeah. Um, so look at the age, demographics, uh, interest, and that kind of things. And like your favorite player, and so you you, you get videos uh, from your favorite player more than uh, yeah, like your your neighbor <laughs> gets yeah. because he he is love another player, for example. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there are things that, that were very important to do uh, yeah, to, to keep the fans engaged um, while they're watching the, the games at home and also uh, between the matches mm. Yeah, to, to make sure yeah, they are still thinking about Feyenoord and, and they are looking forward to, um, once it was possible to, to go back to the stadium and to get a season ticket uh, again and, and so on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it is incredible this way that it, there is just so much, uh, so much competition out there for to get people's attention. And and as you say, you've got to keep them thinking about final. Keep them, keep them in. Keep them feeling engaged. Um, amazing stuff, Charles. Well, thanks so much for your time. Uh, you're one of the champion pioneers of women's football in Europe. You are now one of the absolute stars of sports analytics in the world. I love that you're on the show. I appreciate your time. Uh, Chelsea Disseldorp, thank you very much. Thank you.